Welcome to the Light of Syria podcast. My name is Dori Fari and I will speak with a realized spiritual master about his views on life and the topic of spirituality. So now we reached to our third episode. The, the previous episode we reached in the story of Master Sirio that you arrived to Kabul and at the embassy you met this Italian boy Adriano, whom you met again in a museum, and he also indicated to you to go to North Italy, North India instead of uh, South India. So then how did the story continue? Because you were there with those boys, Cesare and his friends, with the van, and then now you met this Adriano who said that he was going to North India, proposing to you to go with him. So how, how did you decide there at that point? So first I met him in the 
Pakistan Embassy in Kabul because these friends of mine they were going for the visa. Pakistan visa in order to enter Pakistan. <coughs> so we met Adriano there, I didn't talk with him, but I noticed he was Italian. Um, so after leaving the embassy, uh, I think we spent one more day in Kabul. And then uh, next morning we started off to enter Pakistan, cross the border to Pakistan. So from Kabul you have to pass through the Khyber Pass in order to enter Pakistan. Now you enter Pakistan, but before you enter India, Khyber Pass was the border or uh, the place where you left Afghanistan and you entered India. Now, after the partition, you enter Pakistan. <coughs> so, we were told that Khyber Pass could be a dangerous area because some uh, uh, bandits or robbers were there in the area and sometimes they would attack or assault the, the uh, buses and cars passing through so we were told be careful but to us nothing happened like on the old trip we were very lucky and we had no problems whatsoever. The van always kept working, we never had to go to any mechanic, we were always super protected. So God made a good work through Cesare, that he prepared everything very good for the trip. Yes, he was my protector in a way. God protected me through associating me with these people, with Cesare, who had already gone to India and he knew the way, so he knew what to do, so I couldn't have a better company. Anyway, while traveling, you know, long hours of driving and driving and driving, so sometimes I would go into some kind of crisis and I would begin worrying about where am I going? Now I'm going to India. Eventually I will have to separate from these people and I will be alone. What will I do? Where will I go? Well, of course, my idea was going to South India, to going to Pondicherry, the ashram of Aurobindo. But also I knew that Aurobindo was already dead. And I didn't know anything about La Mer, or the mother who was the successor of uh, Aurobindo. So, he was uh, you know, an enigma somehow. How is it going to be? What is going to happen? So I would worry about these things sometimes and, and when these worries came I felt kind of, of oppressed. But then right after there would be like coming inside of me uh, an assurance, like somebody telling me, don't worry, it's going to be fine. So after each time I went through a crisis, crisis like this, 
I had such a relief and uh, I felt so blessed and so blissful. So that's how it went. It didn't happen often, but from time to time I would go into this worrying about what's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, sorry, but you, uh, it just came to my mind uh, out of curiosity. You never thought when you were in this crisis that maybe you should stay with these, these boys and uh, travel along with them and go back to Italy when they go back to Italy, traveling with the van comfortably? Or it no. was never an option? No, because uh, that was not my purpose. Going to India was not going to... I knew they were not interested in looking for a master. So, I was not interested. My purpose of going to India was not uh, traveling here and there in India, seeing India, visiting India, uh, and then come back to Italy. That was not my initial purpose. My initial purpose was going to India, find a guru that would help me get back that experience. So, no, there was never the option of uh, the idea of keeping um, traveling with them. Well, because I just thought it could have been like a last chance uh, safety option <laughs> that in case <laughs> I feel too lost, I can always go back with them. Well, moreover, I was not sure. I, I never talked with them about this option. I was not sure that they would like me to keep traveling with them. So, no, I never had this idea. I always had this idea at some point I would have to separate from these people. So anyway, we went, we entered Pakistan and we, the first night we stopped in Peshawar. Peshawar is the first town you find once you cross the border from Afghanistan to Pakistan. It's a big town and... Uh, so there we had a taste of uh, India, let's say, because <laughs> Well, it was India, just 30 years before, even less than 30 years before. So the culture, the, the, the style of everything, it's very much Indian there. Although Pakistan is Islamic, but uh, it's uh, Indian Islamic. That's what is Pakistan, it's the Islamic India. So... <clears throat> We went to the market, we arrived there in, uh, I remember it was evening when we arrived, because that's how it went always, we traveled for the whole day, and in the evening we reached town, and there we stopped. So that time was Peshawar, so we went out in the market, and I had a very nice feeling, I really got for the first time that feeling of India, because it was very different from Afghanistan, from Iran, from Turkey, it was completely different. So I really like this air of India. So it was charming for you? Yes, right away I felt very much at home. But not as much as, as I felt at home once we crossed the border from Pakistan to India. So anyway, I, I think we spent one day maybe in Peshawar. I'm not sure, I don't remember exactly if we spent any time to visit the town. I think actually the next morning at some point we started off and we went on from Peshawar to Lahore. So you cross Pakistan 
And uh, as I said, the first town you find when you cross Afghanistan is Peshawar. And the last town you, you find before entering India is Lahore. And Lahore is the town where Masih Kirpal used to live. He was not born in Lahore. He was born in the um, district of Rawalpindi. Sayyad Kashran, the village where he was born, he was in the district of Rawalpindi, which is again another town in, uh, <coughs> in Pakistan, which was at the time Punjab, India, when he was born there. So then eventually he got his job in uh, Lahore. So he lived most of his life as an adult and as a married man with a family and with a job in Lahore. So there I had a very special experience and I connected with the fact that Massacre Park was living there because uh, we have a very special connection with at least once you are so deeply connected with a master, all the things about that master will have an impact on you. That's my understanding. So, one evening we went to visit the Red Fort in Lahore. It was a very beautiful, well-kept place. Beautiful gardens with beautiful flowers. And there also I had a mystical experience. And I felt so uplifted and so nice. And I thought, a place like this is the place where I was, would like to live. Where I would like to spend my, my life, meditate and realize God. That's what I thought. So, I had this very beautiful experience which renewed again to me this, uh, this uh, determination to look for God and nothing else. And not give up and not try to go any other direction. But um, didn't you say before that uh, when you met this certain Adriano in Kabul, that he proposed to you, why don't you come with me? I go to Rishikesh. Wasn't he going to Rishikesh? No. Then I met him again in Lahore, by the way. Ah. He was in Lahore that uh, one morning we went to visit a museum in Lahore with my friends, with my new friends. So in this museum, at some point I met face to face this Adriano. And he told me, oh, I saw you in uh, the embassy in, uh, in Kabul. I said, yes, I remember your face. So we talked, and he asked me, where are you going? I said, I'm going to India. And so where would you like to go once you reach India? I said, well, I have read the synthesis of yoga or window. I like his teachings, and I would like to go to Pondicherry. And he said, oh, I've been in Pondicherry for, uh, for a long time, maybe more than one year. Yeah. So I know the place. And he said, I tell you, it's, I wouldn't go there. After spending so much time there, 
I can tell you that Lamer is very old now. He told me that there was this other guru now, this Lamer. She was a French lady, that's why she was called Lamer, which means the mother. And uh, he told me she's very old, and now the organization there is very much business oriented. So I don't, I don't feel that place to be anymore this sharp spiritual place. So I asked him, where are you then now? He said, I am in Rishikesh, North India. And I remember that the other boy from Genova I met in Kabul, mm -hmm. he told me about this ashram in Hardwar. Mm -hmm. So I told him, another place where I would like to go is this ashram in Hardwar, because I met a boy in Kabul. And he told me about this ashram, and he thought it was a very special place with a very good energy. So that's my other indication for the direct, possible direction. And he said, look, Hardware is just 40 kilometers from Rishikesh, where I am going. So if you want to go to visit this ashram, then you can go with me. You can join with me and we go together. So I said, well, <clears throat> but I, I'm traveling with these friends of mine now. So you are traveling by train now, do we go together? So why don't you ask them if I can join with you? Just <laughs> entering India, and then, uh, and then, okay, then once we reach uh, Ludhiana, we can take the train and go up to Hardware. and uh, that's that's the best way if they accept. So, so this is when the guests guest brings a guest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. So I told him, okay, let's, let's try. Maybe they say no, but we can try anyway. So we went to Cesare. He, he joined with me. We visited this museum together. Cesare was not there. I was with the other boys. And then in this museum, I also met with some Indian people from India, not from Pakistan, who were visiting Lahore because maybe they were Indians who were before living in this area, which now was Pakistan. So they were going to visit this place which they knew. Uh, and uh, there was a bunch of Indian ladies and I was so fascinated by them. I mean, in, in that my time, in that time my mind was very Indian oriented. So anything coming from India was like magic for me. <laughs> So watching this lady was very, very inspiring, very nice. <clears throat> anyway, then uh, he came with us and we talked with Cesare and he said, just, just cross the border and, and then after, after some time we'll take a train and go up to Rishikesh. So if you can just uh, um, allow me to join you for this short trip, I'd be grateful. And Cesare said, yes, why not, you come. <laughs> so Cesare was the good person, the positive character in the story. Yeah, he but he was a good boy. Actually. But this is also interesting that <laughs> have uh, like a thread um, magically everything unfolds. By and by, that in Istanbul you met an experienced traveler who even took you by car. Then when you had to separate from them, 
You met another experienced traveler who knew how to move in India because here they spent more than a year in India um, renewing the visa all the time. So you had another guide. Yes, yes, that's why I was super protected all the time and super guided where to go and how to proceed. Because when you are doing something for God, God takes care of you definitely. And I was very sincere. So God had to take care of me. So anyway, you cross the... Uh, first we reach the border between Pakistan and India. And, you know, you enter Punjab, which is the land of Sikh. The Sikh, not the deceased people, but the Sikh <laughs> religion. <laughs> Those of all the Sikh religion. S-I-K-H people. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I saw these beautiful people with this long beard and these turbans. And uh, while waiting, they, they would check our passport. And, and there were very, very beautiful gardens there also with all the anders in flower. And really well kept the border. It's very nice. Actually, now it's a, it's a touristic attraction. Now, many people from India either from uh, tourists from other places or Indians themselves from, uh, from nearby towns like Amritsar or other towns. In, sometimes in the evening they go there to just watch when the flag is pulled down or in the morning when the flag is pulled up and they have some singing. <coughs> so it's very beautiful and uh, it's, it's kind of a touristic attraction now. So anyway, we reached there and I felt so good there, really. I, I really felt like entering home. 9,000 kilometers away from home, I <laughs> felt like reaching home. So we traveled and we reached Amritsar. It was very interesting. The first thing <laughs> that I saw before, uh, when we reached Amritsar, uh, we got down the bus and we went to eat something in a restaurant. Then came a very strange man who was dressed like Hanuman. You know, yes. with the, the tail. Ah, even the tail. Yes, even with the tail and uh, <laughs> a mask like a uh, monk, like a uh, monkey uh, face. Monkey face like Hanuman. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was so amazed. I thought. So right away. Oh wow, finally I arrived to India and <laughs> you met Hanuman in person. I, I thought, well, I didn't even know at the time Hanuman was in their culture, <laughs> in their beliefs. And, but I thought, my God, this India is really an amazing place. Look at, <laughs> look at this big The monkey man. <laughs> I never saw anything like this, similar to this in Italy, nowhere else. But in India you found all these strange characters, really fantastic people, amazing people. Well, it's a special charm of India that uh, they accept everything. Yes, everything <laughs> okay. is acceptable. Then, as far as uh, somebody doesn't bother them, no, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Then they respect it and maybe they even like it. Well, this is fundamental part of Indian philosophy, especially Hindu philosophy. Leave and let other people leave. So if they, you don't bother them, they will never bother you. That's how it is. So anyway, after having this lunch, Cesare said, we should go visit Golden Temple. 
This is a place which I've been visiting when I was here last year and it's a very wonderful place. So since we are here in Amritsa, before proceeding, go, keep going, we should go visit this Golden Temple. So while we were going towards the Golden Temple, we saw it was very different Amritsa then than now. So we saw crowd of people coming in the opposite direction, holding some uh, basins of metal full of mud on their head, like thousands and thousands of them, going the opposite direction. What is this? What are they doing? And uh, then once we reached the Golden Temple, we realized, we came to know that they were cleaning the pond, you know, which is around the Golden Temple. Uh -huh. There is this lake, this uh -huh. new lake, no? So they were digging out the mud from the bottom, clearing it. They do it from time to time. So all these many people were doing this holy work of cleaning this uh, sarovar, this uh, lake, which is around the Golden Temple. And so there was this line of people going one direction and another line coming back. Amazing, amazing but did sight. they do it by hand? Uh, yes, yes. Like this hand. and carrying away the mud like yes, this? By hand, yes. What a That's what Indians are capable of. service. What a devotion. Yeah. And the Golden Temple, since it was a very special celebration at the time, I think it was the celebration of either birth or passing away of one of their gurus, there were all these many people. It was really overcrowded with thousands and thousands of people. So I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen so many people gathering in a place together. <laughs> and, uh, and the atmosphere was very uplifting, I must say. It was full of love and devotion. And I really felt it. So I thought, my God, was not... <laughs> I think that's really amazing. I thought, look at this. What an amazing place and what amazing people. How much they believe in what they believe and how much faith they have in their uh, in their uh, in their religion in their gods in their so i was very very impressed and look at this there is a bond between uh, sikhism and the guru i was supposed to follow in my life because sankirpal singh was born in the religion sikh so these are connections which are there, and uh, I could have ended up in a Hindu temple or in a mosque, but no, I ended up in a Sikh temple, and I never became a Sikh because even Masikipa didn't understand himself as a Sikh anymore. He was a Santmat follower, uh, but I mean he came from that culture. His mentality was uh, saturated with these uh, teachings of mm -hmm. the Sikh Gurus, not the Sikh beliefs of the religion, but the teachings of the Gurus, which is different to my understanding. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> because <laughs> the Guru Granth Sahib, which is the only scripture of the Sikhs, of the Sikh Gurus, in which there are teachings from, uh, uh, of course, the Sikh Gurus, but there are also teachings from uh, 
Sufi saints like Sheikh Farid, like Kabir, and, uh, and others, and also from Hindu Mahatmas like uh, Bhagat Namdev and, uh, and others. So it's a syncretist kind of scripture which gathers together. I think it was, it was the very first holy book of a religion which included teachings from Mahatmas, holy people from more tradition, like the Sufi tradition, the Hindu tradition, and uh, the Sikh, of course. So, <clears throat> in these teachings you find that the living Guru is the central part of the teaching. Teaching has value, it's kept alive by the presence of a living Guru. Without the living Guru, the teaching just doesn't work. It becomes, uh, again, it becomes again a belief system which loses its dynamic force because it is the Guru that keeps the teaching alive and gives power to the teachings. So in every of the hymns containing the Guru Granth Sahib, you find a way to go to the living Guru because there's a way to reach liberation, to reach moksha, to reach Sachkhand, whatever, the region of truth. So... <clears throat> well, it came into my mind, uh, in one of your songs, you express it, um, that... Uh, in Italian it says, la via è il guru, e il guru è la via. Like, the path is the guru, and the guru is the path. And uh, without guru, the path has no sense. Yes, that's right. That's, uh, that's my belief, <laughs> that's my experience. So, so yeah. and then, then um, what happened in the Golden Temple? So that you said you were so amazed and charmed by everything that happened there, it was so powerful, all these lots of people there, this great love and devotion that was happening. And, um, and the singing also, because mm -hmm. they are constant singing, you know, ah, yes. 24 hours singing yes, yes. And uh, the singing also was very appealing. No, I mean, the atmosphere and the devotion I saw in the face of the people, it was just so captivating, it was so appealing to me. So it stayed as a memory in my mind. So when I met, eventually met Master Kirpal and I saw he was a Sikh, to me it was nothing new. I already had a taste of it. Anyway, so we visited the Golden Temple. Eventually in the afternoon we started off towards Ludhiana. Mm -hmm. which is the next town you find in Punjab. Ludhiana, again, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's an historical place for uh, followers of this path, because Baba Savansin was born uh, in a village in the district of Ludhiana called Memasinwala. And uh, so, it might mean nothing, but to me it means something. These very important steps during the this journey, this trip, they happened like this, in places which were connected with my gurus. In Lahore I had that experience, which was, and it was in the town where Masa Kepal used to live. 
this change of direction, leaving these people eventually and taking my own direction, now with Adriano, is happening in Ludiana, a place where Papa Saman Singh was born. So, there is a bond. <laughs> all these stories. So it's interesting that, uh, anyway, when you reach Ludiana, then a very important and prominent uh, second part of your trip closed, because the first part was uh, together with your uh, friend Claudio reaching Istanbul, which was the shortest part, let's say most simple. Then came this long but very smooth and pleasant part, reaching India with the group of Cesare, with his van, and then just before separating from them, meeting Adriano, the new guide, and reaching Ludiano. So like every ending, it's a new beginning, like uh, when the story died off with Claudio because he couldn't get the passport, he couldn't go with you, that part of the story ended, but a new began. Then when it was over, because you had to go with these people to India, so it died off, it had to end, yeah. but there was a new beginning. Yes. So, we reached the station in Ludiana late in the evening. I think it was at least 10 o'clock. And uh, there was a train. Cesare went to look. I think he knew already, maybe, because uh, he, he knew that uh, he had been there already. And he had taken the train already. So he uh, knew that there was a train going uh, maybe 10, 30, 11 from uh, Ludiana to Rishikesh. We'll reach Rishikesh in the morning. So. <clears throat> I separated from Cesare and, and the other people, and up to that point I had given them no money whatsoever. They never asked me for money to maybe to put gas in the in the in the van or anything. So before we separated, I told I told them, look, I have this. Uh, I think it was some hundred dollars. I give this to you for the for the trip as a, uh, my contribution for the trip. He said, no, 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 we don't want anything. No, it was just a pleasure to have you with us, and uh, we don't want anything. The girlfriend of Cesare began weeping, <laughs> and I had to separate, and Cesare was amazed. He said, it's not me going, it's he going, so <laughs> <laughs> Well, they, they really, by and by, you, you really became friends. Very close, yes. But um, did you ever meet them after, ever? Yes, I met them uh, in, in a coma. I went to visit just Cesare and his wife. Not the, the other boys I never met. Oh, so did they get married? Oh, yes. They got married <laughs> nice. Also, yes. So it was a happy end. <laughs> yes. Um, so anyway, I separated from them. We took the train and uh, I slept at some point. I fell asleep. And uh, in the morning, when dawn began, uh, coming up and the light illuminating the, 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 the surroundings. Uh, we reached a station somewhere and Adriano went down and got uh, uh, chapati and, uh, <laughs> uh, and some chickpeas placed in a bowl made of uh, leaves of some tree. <laughs> and he came up with one for him and one for me and uh, he gave it to me and I was so amazed like this. <laughs> in these chickpeas in this bowl made of leaves and uh, 
this chapati so he was everything so charming to me <laughs> anything india there he was really so fascinating so i was so happy to have this unusual breakfast <laughs> chickpeas and a chapati yes for an italian kind of breakfast it's <laughs> very very far away from the classical italian breakfast very uncommon Anyway, then we proceeded at some point, I think it was uh, maybe nine o'clock in the morning, we reached Hardware. So, um, Adriano said, okay, now we get down and now we proceed. I take another train here at the station and uh, I go to Rishikesh, it's just an hour trip from here. And you go visit this ashram. If you like it, you can stay there. If you don't like, then I give you my address. You can come to Rishikesh and come to visit me. I have my girlfriend there and I'm going to, to meet with her. So if you don't find this to be your place, you come to Rishikesh and, uh, and come to visit me. So I told him goodbye and uh, he gave me some indications, like dress yourself in a certain way, if you go in an ashram it will be more welcome, and other things. So I went to shop, I bought a, what they call a dhoti or a longi, this is a kind of piece of cloth which put around your waist and your legs, and uh, like a gown more or less. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> like a skirt. Yes. Long skirt. Yeah. And so I went to this ashram. I asked, there is this ashram of uh, Guru Maharaj. This was the name of the Guru. And they told me, indicated to me about this direction and you will find. But uh, did you improve? Did you try to improve your English on the way or? No, really not. <laughs> I, I was kind of foolish because Cesare could have taught me something. But I never thought of... Uh, trying to learn anything. That was really... If I think back, I, I wonder how it was possible that I didn't think about learning something. But um, how long uh, did it last, eventually, to travel from Istanbul to, to Haridwar? Uh, to Haridwar... Uh, I think it took... Or to Ludiana? 20 days, I think. More or less. Maybe 18, something like this. And um, so, anyway, I went to the to this ashram, and there was a gate, so I asked if I could visit. And um, they told me, sit here with us. There were two people. Sit were there, were there Indians? They were Indians, yes. And. Um, I went inside a bit before, yes, I remember, I went inside the ashram, it was not a big ashram, it was not so big, it was a garden, and I, but I must say that as soon as I entered India, it was like the doors of spiritual, the gates of spiritual perception for me opened up so powerfully that I began feeling like a magnetism, a very strong magnetism, all the time. And also in the Tashram I felt a very strong magnetism, a very strong power. So when they told me, eventually, 
let's meditate a bit. Let's sit silent a bit. So I tried to meditate a bit and I felt this very strong energy. Um, but at the same time I felt this is not your place. You have to go from here. But was there a reason or it was just like an inner impression? No, it was a, an inner an inner, inner feeling. indication mm -hmm. that uh, this is not your place. You have to keep looking. But did you meet this Guru Maharaj no, eventually? No, that's what they told me eventually. No, he's not here, so what you do here? I thought maybe I insist a bit if I spend some time here. I'm telling them, why not? We can spend some few days here and see. Understand what you teach and what you do, no? Mm -hmm. But I didn't, f I didn't feel like insisting. Mm -hmm. So... Eventually, I went back to the gate, and uh, these people told me, let's sit a bit in meditation. Mm -hmm. So I sat a bit in meditation, and uh, there I really felt, you better go, it's not a place to sit. Mm -hmm. um, so I went to the station. Was Adriano still there? No, no, he had gone back. No, I went to the station, and uh, I saw so many sadhus boarding the train to go to Rishikesh. It was so many of them. And so I I didn't know they were Hindu sadhus. I had been reading books about Buddhism and Buddhist monks. So I thought they were Buddhist monks. But they were Hindu sadhus, Hindu monks. So anyway, at some point the train to Rishikesh came, I boarded the train. And I sat in a certain wagon. So, but uh, did you decide eventually to, to go to Adriano again? Yes, or to Rishi? of course. Mm -hmm. yes, I decided to go to Adriano. But on the train, something happened. So, I was sitting in a wagon, in a place, on a seat, and uh, an old man came with long hair, long beard, and uh, sat just in front of me. So I began asking, where are you from? I said, I'm from Italy. And he began talking to me, and I couldn't understand most of the things he said. And uh, so I understood that he didn't speak English, and he tried to keep quiet. But at some point, the train stopped at the station, and he went down the, the train, and he told me, come with me. So I said, okay, I go with you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he went down the train, uh, that wagon, and he went up another wagon. So I followed him. We went on the other wagon, and there were three American girls sitting in some seats there. So he joined them, and he told me, sit with us. So I said with them... But uh, did he know these girls? This I don't know if he, he already knew them, well, but he, he knew they were there. Ah, okay. Because he came down from that wagon and he went up the other. But so I thought, why didn't he go? I mean, one would think, no, why didn't he go directly to them? No, he came first to me. He invited me to follow him, and he joined with these girls. But uh, did he have a purpose to make you united? No, I didn't have a purpose. God had a purpose. <laughs> Maybe he just thought, oh, these are all Westerners, so similar should go with the similar. 
So did anything interesting come out of this meeting of with course, these Americans? Of course, very interesting. Oh. It was everything was well guided, well directed. And this was also very important. So <clears throat> he began talking with these ladies and talking and talking and just sat there watching them for thinking my own things. And uh, at some point we reached Rishikesh. So he invited them to visit his house. And me also. He said, you come. <laughs> so we went to visit his house. I don't know if it was an ashram, but if it was an ashram, it was a very small ashram. So he showed us his place. And then he told these girls, take this boy to certain place. So, he said, go with them. Mm -hmm. So, okay, I went with them because where should they go? I didn't know anything about Rishikesh, so I asked somebody to follow at least somewhere. <laughs> so, we went along the road. At some point, they turned and they took a path which went towards the Ganga, the Ganges. Mm -hmm. And there were on both the sides a lot of huts made of uh, branches and, uh, and some foods belonging to sadhus, where sadhus were living. Mm -hmm. And I saw they were sitting outside the huts, some smoking chilum, and uh, some sitting there, and they would ask these girls, bring. Bring it, bring it to us. Oh, <laughs> yes. sounds strange. Because that, oh no, this sounds strange because you know these uh, Westerner boys they would join with the others, they would feed them with ashish and, and marijuana, you know, and and they would get money from them. They would mm -hmm. make them kind of their disciples, you know. Mm -hmm. so they would get money from them. That's how it went. Mm -hmm. And that's what they saw the next days in Vishikesh. That was, oh, so that that was, was what was happening there. New, new business for Indian sadhus. Yes. <laughs> the yes young yes. boys coming from far and Boys and girls from the West. <laughs> stupid boys and girls from the West that we suck their money and we feed them with, with some kind of drugs. But these girls just forget about That's what they said. Just go with us. So you, I was very protected, you know, because if I didn't go with these girls, I don't know where I would end up because I didn't know anything about Rishikesh. So my Sadhguru always took such a care of me, all the way, in all the details, small details. So eventually we entered an ashram, which belonged to a Swami, disciple of Shivananda. And it was a very nice place, no drugs there, and uh, just... Uh, spiritual practice and uh, the, um, for uh, staying there I had to give two rupees per day mm -hmm. which was just well, very very like little nothing. money <laughs> yes. almost nothing and I could use the toilet I could do the shower and I could sleep in the not in a building but there were roofs you know and uh, there were places. it was like a protected place yes it was like a, a shelter and it was very warm anyway so you didn't need to sleep in any oh, so this indian man was very good to you 
that he took care of you eventually, that yes. he took you to these American girls and uh, told them, oh, bring him to a safe place. Maybe, yeah. he, maybe he understood, oh my God, this, this other foolish boy from the West, from Italy, he doesn't even speak English, oh, he will get lost. So maybe yes. he had a... It was a protecting him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So he told, he told them to bring me to this place because it was, then I realized the next day it was really the best place all around there. Mm -hmm. And then there were other ashrams, even like the Shivananda ashram, which was very good, but uh, there was also a small reality where I could be accepted and pay very few money and be in a nice place with nice people. Moreover, there was something else. In the same place, there was a lady from Turin ah, again, with from three Turin. children of, the, of hers staying at the same place. Ah. So when I told the Swami that uh, I, I am from Italy, she, he told me, oh, there is a family here from Italy. So you can, uh, you can meet them. Anyway, then he asked his disciples, uh, disciple, let's say disciple, Swami, a younger Swami, to take me to, to a certain restaurant, and so he proposed to me to have a lassi. First lassi I had in my life. Oh, Rishikesh. <laughs> the very first evening I reached Rishikesh. Was it mango lassi? No, no, it was a, a masala lassi. Masala lassi. So um, we had this lassi and we talked a bit, I don't know how could it, but you know, we find a ways to to communicate even with signs and mm -hmm. expressions of the face, so we could communicate something anyway. So eventually we went back to the ocean, I went to sleep, and the next day I met this lady who was a friend of Adriano. Ah! She was a friend of Adriano. She had been living in Pondicherry ashram ah. for one year and a half with her kids. Incredible! Incredible, because so. I was just thinking about that you had the address of Adriano, so did you eventually <laughs> got back to him? Well, I, I could have asked for the direction to Adriano once reaching Rishikesh, but... Uh, well, but came your protector, yes. <laughs> this Indian man yes. who, who didn't leave a chance to you. <laughs> anyway, it was evening, it would have not been easy to, to reach the place where Adriano is was because it was beyond the other side of the Ganga uh -huh. and, it, and it was no bridge uh -huh. so you had to go across with the boat and it was too late I think so the place place for that was the place where I was taken where I met this lady, I don't remember her name now and uh, she was a friend of Adriano so together we decided that next day we go to visit Adriano ah, so you got a new guide I got a new guide, yes <laughs> so Anyway, that's how it went. So next day you, you met Adriano again, did you? Uh, not right uh, the, the next day, but after two days. Ah. Yes. So first I made acquaintance with this lady and her children, and we became nice friends. We shared so many, so many opinions and uh, our looks of life and uh, philosophical beliefs and understandings. And... Uh, she told me a lot about the Ashram Pondicherry, Aurobindo, and La Mer, and all these stories. So we talk a lot about this because that was my interest. And uh, so after uh, two days I was there, 
uh, we decided to go visit Liam. Anything we will continue the next time. Yes, do you know what came into my mind? <laughs> that uh, this is a bit funny that uh, he didn't uh, speak English, just a little bit. But during all this trip, which did last uh, a month, <laughs> maybe it was one or two days, when you didn't have somebody Italian <laughs> to speak with. No? Because that was only... When uh, in Ludiana you separated from Adriano, up to that point you were no, always... No, with no, separated from Adriano, and that was the only place where I... In hardware, sorry, yes. yes. Yes, and then from hardware, getting to... To Rishikesh and then maybe this one one or two days maybe up to meeting this Indian Italian lady, no? Well, the lady I met the next morning right away. So it was just one day maybe yes, <laughs> she yeah. had, had to spend it English like this. Interesting. So we continue next time. So this is very interesting. <laughs> so many happenings. And um So next episode of the podcast will come after two weeks, uh, as always, Sunday. And also I would like to say to our listeners, who seem, the number seems to grow, because I get more and more positive feedback that people are looking forward to hear the continuation of the story. And also I would like to say, which is also written in, in the, at the episodes, that if anybody has any spirituality-related question, you can send an email to siriopodcast at gmail.com because in the later episodes, Master Sirio is going to reply questions to the listeners as well. So thank you very much, dear Master, to share all these fantastic events. It's really <laughs> so captivating. It's like, uh, like um, <laughs> I, I would say, because recently I was reading some articles that... Uh, Like people joke with it that oh time traveling in time exists because we on that uh, painting ancient painting there is somebody who wears a Nike shoes <laughs> stupid things like this is just joking but I would say time, traveling in time really does exist because listening to you <laughs> I feel like being there with you going back to the 70s and uh, doing this trip with you so traveling in time does exist <laughs> this is the proof so thank you very much dear master.